Welcome to The Last of Pods, your destination for all things The Last of Us on HBO Max. I'm Ash Carlson. And I am Brandon Davis, and I'm still recovering from episode five. Oh my God. We're going to talk about all things Henry and Sam in the gut punch that was episode five. Spoilers ahead for episode five, obviously. And then later in the show, this is so exciting. Henry himself, Lamar Johnson, is going to be joining us to answer all of our burning questions, break down that heartbreaking ending. So stick around, subscribe, five-star review, all of that stuff. Um, But in the meantime, let's hang out and uh, talk about what we thought of this episode. Yes, yes, yes. You all know the drill. I am so excited to talk to Lamar uh, because this is my favorite episode of the show. Uh, Not just so far. I've seen all nine and this is my favorite episode of the show. I think that the Henry and Sam story is fantastic. I think that the it has everything. It's got its own kind of mini movie in the sense of what episode three had to offer. This time, instead of a couple, it's brothers. Uh, it's got that tragedy in it all. It's got the emotions, but it has Ellie and Joel. It's progressing the story forward. It has a villain and it has infected and it has bloaters and clickers. And it does a lot to honor the game while enhancing it for television. Uh, I'm not one of those people who's a purist who needs things from the game to be honored perfectly. I'm the same way with the Marvel movies. Like I'm totally fine with the fact that Tony Stark is basically Uncle Ben in the MCU because we already had Uncle Ben twice. If you find a way to essentially honor what happens in the source material and only deepen it when you're adapting it, I'm totally cool with that, especially if you're doing something kind of unique that doesn't fully disregard what, you know, what we love about the original. And this episode does that in a lot of ways. I do have one gripe with this episode. I'll talk about that when we get to it. But overall, this is hands down my favorite episode of the series. I love it. Uh, start to finish. And I can't wait to hear. What do you think of it? Yeah, I agree. I haven't seen all nine like you have. And also, by the way, if you're watching this, I just need to point this out. Yes, I look like I'm infected. I popped a blood vessel in my eye and I just feel like let's get out of the way. Let's point it out. Um, But anyway, yes, I'm Um, the one I actually am the one who requested this episode to be over Zoom. I took one look at Ash's eye and I said, I am not risking this. The uh, Last of Us infection. Looks kind of crazy, doesn't it? Okay, um, but yeah, I've not seen all nine. I've seen up to five, and I I think I agree with you that this is my favorite episode thus far because it does. It's like not to be like Stefan, but it's like it has everything. It has the bloaters, the clickers, the politics, the drama, the love, mm-hmm. the bonding. Like it, it really did have a little bit of everything. Um, and then we'll get into this, but the bloater just ripping off Perry's head was my favorite moment of the episode. <laughs> That was so violent. Well, when we when we first got these episodes, well, I got the you didn't get this episode until now. I saw this episode about a month ago when it was very unfinished, uh, and I keep I've just realized that from this point on is you're seeing the episodes for the first time, and I'm just um I forgot that this is a uh, new territory for us. Um, but that was so unfinished, and the bloater and a lot of the clickers and the infected were very early CGI and it just looked kind of silly. Uh, and now seeing the finished version, which I watched before we recorded this, it, when they ripped off Harry's head, ooh, I was like, Oh, that man is dead. They just killed yes. Tommy from the game. <laughs> they did. So we, we were talking about like, you know, there's, there's deviations from the game. Obviously I think the Henry and Sam story at its core is the same, but there is this new character, Kathleen that we met last week. And she, we kind of get more of like, this is the thing that I like about The Last of Us. It's like the, everybody has a motive that is, I think, understandable. I don't think that I will ever not root for Joel and Ellie. However, you kind of get more into like why Kathleen is the way that she is. Mm-hmm. Which is a problem for me. Why? That's my problem with Let's this Let's dig into this. Okay. I like Melanie Therapy. Linsky. I think, she, I think her performance is great. I think she's great in Yellow Jackets too. 
But this feels like the flimsiest uh, storyline in The Last of Us so far because I don't understand what Kathleen did to become the leader of this group in the first place. I know her brother played a part in it. According to Jeffrey Pierce's Harry, her brother didn't actually do anything and she did everything and they're with her. But to become a leader in this group that is powerful enough to overthrow Fedra, we've seen Fedra in action in Boston. We've seen how in control they can be. I assume it's like that in most places. So the Kansas City Fedra has been toppled. They've been overthrown by people who were tired of being oppressed by them and treated awfully by them as Henry laid out, which it makes sense. They, they, They grew, they overthrew them. I understand the root of that. But Kathleen's their leader. To be the leader of that, you still like just because you overthrow a bad government doesn't mean you're a reckless, you know, person who's acting out. And the fact that Kathleen is so willing to risk everything and Harry is so sensibly like, well, we're it's the middle of the night. You know, people are tired. This is very dangerous. We're risking everything for your personal revenge mission for one person who might not even be in the town anymore. And we're putting everybody at risk and everything we just fought for at risk. And Kathleen's like, I don't care, do it. And then they end up losing because of her actions. Yeah. Now, she, like I, that, it, it, there's, there's a way that it works because it pays off in the fact that the tension when Henry, Sam and Ellie are hiding behind the car and Kathleen is approaching them is so real because I know Kathleen is so vicious and so unrelenting on her mission and so careless about human life. If it's not somebody who is supporting her and the cause with her group that I did think, Oh my gosh, wow. They might change the outcome of the video game here and actually just kill Henry right here in on the spot. This felt like it felt like it was going to happen. Yeah. But then of course the clickers and the bloaters came out and created the big, the best action sequence in the show so far. But I, the character of Kathleen to me felt too reckless to have earned that position and the mission. I just I just couldn't believe the mission that everyone around it so almost blindly followed it. Maybe I needed a little bit more backstory on why they all trusted Kathleen so much. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, because, I mean, obviously her hyperfixation on getting Henry was her downfall because she lied about or kept the whole there's a bunch of infected under these concrete about to pop up out at any second. Ash, you you put this in our notes and I thought about it and I was like, wow, that's a really good point because in the game, there's a sequence where you're just walking and it's not a cut scene. It's just while you're playing, uh, they have a conversation about, you know, how everybody knows each other, how they're related. And they just, I'm pretty sure what Joel and Ellie say is just something like we're, we're, we're not related um, yeah. or something like that. But in the game, it's a very firm from both of them, quick statement that they spit out that he's not her dad. And they're yeah, both they like, very eager to say that. And I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder, uh, what do you think? Why do you think they're both at this point so quick to correct people to say he's not my dad when it does seem like their relationship in episode four just pivoted into one where they did accept that they are there is a relationship and a closeness growing between them. God, there, there's so much. I, when we get to the spoiler section, I also want to come back to like a little bit of this point because there was something I was thinking about watching the the Henry Sam dynamic versus the Ellie and Joel dynamic. Um, But I think, I just think that like none of them want to love anybody. Like they just want to survive and exist. And like, so when they're like, Oh, like that art, is that your bestie and that your dad? They're like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, everybody, it's it's like it's like going through a breakup and then getting into a new relationship. You're just like, God, I shouldn't care. I shouldn't let myself care because I'm just going to get hurt again. Yeah. And then, you know, it's the same thing, except on steroids in this case, because 
you don't want to get hurt again because you've already lost everything, probably in violent, awful ways. So it's much easier to probably watch someone get ripped to shreds by a clicker if you don't even know their name than if you've been spending the past two years, you know, sharing a life with them. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, that was that was I did find it interesting that they were so quick to say that because I do feel like they're getting closer. Uh, the The sniper sequence is also is also ripped from the game. However, in the game, it's in the middle of the day and it starts with the hunters on foot. Well, they go through, they go through this, they get up to the sniper. Joel goes up to the sniper and there is no moment of like, please don't make me kill you. Like, I'll let you leave. It's just the guy after fighting your way up there against several other living humans, you get to that top room in the house. The guy comes in with a knife. You got to tap square to dodge the knife and then you stab him. In the show, it was it then follows like the hunters or the uh, Kathleen's group shows up with the big truck. Instead, it's people on foot and a truck and you're just mowing them down with the sniper the same way Joel is in the game. And then all these infected come in and you all just run. You all just leave it. You're just like, you try to protect Ellie and uh, Henry and Sam from this wave of infected with the kind of endless sniper ammo. It's kind of this action sequence where you finally get to let loose in the game because up till that point, if you're playing on any sort of difficult level, you do have to preserve your ammo and you don't get to just shoot stuff and go crazy with it. This one just lets you start shooting and it's like, oh, cool. I get to just kind of rip through these clickers for once. Uh, but in the game, in the show, obviously the truck comes through. I can't wait. I'm going to ask Lamar how they shot that because it looked like that truck was really flipping cars. HBO is not, you know, CGI in this up. It doesn't look like what if they can do it, it looks like they do it. And I can't wait to hear what that day was like on set. And I thought Henry was going to die. Did you think Henry was going to die there? I, I think I just like, because of knowing what was happening in the game, I was just like looming with that moment. Like, I didn't think they would change that up. I feel like fans would revolt if they did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought I, th- I I bought it, though, because Kathleen was so reckless. I did buy it. I did think there was a chance. There was a chance. God. Well, should we talk about the 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 Sam Ellie dynamic? Because I in the game, they're the same. They're around the same age. They're like 13 and 14 or something. And in this one, he's like so much younger that it makes everything so much worse, like grief wise for me personally. Like, I just want to protect him. He's so innocent and just like Henry has clearly sh- like shielded him from everything in the world. And he gets infected. I know. And also like the fact that he writes on his pad and and communicates with Ellie that way. And he speaks sign language. Like all these things are making me want to protect this kid even more. And then he gets infected in the sequence with Ellie that she tries to use her blood, like kind of hopelessly, but you know, she's a kid. So maybe she thought it would work hoping that her blood will cure him. And then ends up taking his little, like, I don't know what that pad was that can be reset. I used every to time. have one of those. You would like lift it up and it would erase what you I've, wrote. It's kind of like a magnet thing. The closest thing I've ever, I've ever experienced in my life was like an Etch-A-Sketch. I've never seen one of those. It was like you could buy them at the dollar store. They're really cheap. And then they would, you would just write and then you would lift the page up and it would disappear. And then you could write on it again. Well, for a dollar store item, that thing was durable because it made it, it was, into the apocalypse. And yeah. then she writes, I'm sorry on it because Ellie kind of seems to be carrying the weight of Sam's death on her. Yeah. And I really it's, think that speaks to Ellie's mission. She wants so badly to help the world, to cure the world, which we're going to, let's talk about that in the spoiler part of the show. Yeah. There's obviously stuff coming up that will involve that part of the story based on the game. Ellie just carries so much weight. The the blood is my medicine moment was interesting to me because I was wondering, was she trying to more 
comfort Sam and be like, look, like you, nothing's going to happen. You're going to be good. Cause he said one of his biggest fears was turning into a monster or did she prolong him turning overnight? Interesting to think about if that actually did have an effect. I hadn't thought of it that way. I did think maybe she's just, you know, as the doctor explained to Henry earlier in the episode. So then we see everyone exhibit it towards Sam. Sam's going to be afraid if you show that you are afraid. So Joel then tells Ellie, I'm not going to get shot by this sniper. I'll be fine. Do you trust me? So he has to put on a brave face. Ellie puts on a brave face for Sam, like you just said. And I think it may have been that. I think, though, she deep down was hoping it would it would help him. Yeah, because when she wakes up, you see kind of this like, are you fine? Like she wasn't scared. She It seemed like she maybe was hoping that he didn't turn. It's also interesting because in the game, Ellie doesn't know. Sam, it's like a moment that Sam has by himself where he you see his bite, but he never tells Ellie. Yeah, well, I know he showed, doesn't he show the bite at some point? Because in the next morning... She's in there having breakfast with them and she's just like, where's Sam? And, Lo- and Lamar, I almost called him Lamar. Henry uh, is in there and says, well, he finally slept in. You can go in there and wake him up. And as soon as she opens the door, he he's in there twitching. Yeah. And, and he jumps out and they fall out of the door. But I think he re- I thought he revealed that he pulled his leg up and showed it. Uh, but I, it definitely was a little bit different in the game. Yeah. I thought it was like a solo moment, but um, I don't know. Maybe she did know, but. God, that whole ending sequence, and I will really dive into this when Lamar joins us in a minute, um, was just so heart-wrenching. <laughs> yeah, and it, that was, I mean, shoot the ground right in front of Joel, then shoot Sam, then shoot himself. Those are the three steps that happen in the game. They're the three steps that happen in the show. It's heartbreaking. It's terrifying. It's. I think Joel is probably not even really going to be affected by this because I think he's been through so much. I think the only effect this could have on Joel is that he knows Ellie watched this happen. Yeah. And we know, we also know they don't really keep kids around. So Joel has seen a lot of kids die. Yeah. So I think to Joel, this is just a couple more deaths, but the impact it will actually have is that Ellie had to watch it. Ellie had to see this. He saw Ellie smiling, playing soccer with, with Sam, just like they did in the game, reading comics with Sam, just like they did in the game. Then all of a sudden they're gone and he knows Ellie's carrying that weight. It's tough. Also, just to make it fun again for a second, um, the the Savage Starlight comics, I love that moment because it is kind of an Easter egg from the game because in the game, there's like 14 comics and you can find them and they're hidden in places and you collect them all. Um, but then when Ellie's talking to Sam, they talk about the different comics that each of them have. And she's like, oh, I have like four, five, six, and 11 or whatever. So I just thought that was cool because it was like, oh, she's going to find them all. I would buy them. I would buy Savage Starlight comics just to read them, <laughs> just to see what Ellie and Joel are reading. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. I think we should get to our interview. Ash, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's so much more to dive into with this ending sequence with with Lamar. So let's just uh, we know. uh, Yeah, let's get to it. We're going to take a quick one minute break. When we come back on the last of pods, we are going to be joined by Henry himself. Lamar Johnson. See you in a moment. Welcome back to The Last of Pods. This is the exciting part of the show. I know this is why you're here, everybody. Ash and I are very excited because right now, hot on the heels of watching episode five of The Last of Us, having our hearts ripped out as we just described in the first part of the show, 
We have Henry himself on the show. Lamar Johnson is joining us on The Last of Pods. Lamar, man, thank you for being here. How are you feeling yeah, right now? of course. Thank you for having me. I'm feeling really good. Feeling very, very good. God, I don't even know. How do you describe these past, you know, few weeks, five weeks? Um, It's been pretty crazy. You know, uh, the reception has been amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm truly watching this as a fan. You know, I, I absolutely love the show. Um, I was a fan of the game prior to even the show becoming a live action uh, adaptation. So um, just to kind of watch everything in live action and see it come to life, um, it has been just such an incredible experience and the fans have been amazing. Um, yeah, I couldn't have asked for anything better. You mentioned you were you were a fan of the game. So when yeah. what was that moment like where it was like, hey, we're, we want you to play Henry? Well, actually, I got an audition. So it kind of came in from my agent and I saw The Last of Us, HBO, and I saw Craig and I saw Neil and I was like, oh, okay, all right, I know this is going to be something special. So, you know, I auditioned for the role um, and the turnaround was pretty quick. Uh, I think I sent in the tape Monday. I got the call Wednesday that I had got the job. And then by Saturday, I was on a plane to Calgary. So um, it was pretty quick. Um so it was it was it was a sprint, but um, you know I'm I'm really grateful for the challenge. Also, even having to learn ASL and sign language, um, you know that was something that I had to do um, as soon as I learned that I got the job. Uh, you know I had to kind of learn, and it was everything happened very very fast. But you know I enjoyed the challenge because on the other side of challenges is growth. So um, I'm just really grateful grateful to have had the opportunity. So before you came on, I looked at like your IMDb profile. I'm just doing research, trying to come up with questions. And you've been in some pretty cool titles, some pretty powerful titles. How did it like, how did the feeling of knowing you got cast in The Last of Us compare to hearing about some previous works when you found out you landed those gigs? Um, I think ultimately for me, it was finding out that I got The Last of Us was amazing. Reason being is because it was something that not only am I a fan of, but also my friends were, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So it's kind of a thing where, you know, I can c celebrate collectively between a lot of my friends, um, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, I'm I'm just super, super happy about the show and, you know, the the set decoration and, and the performances has just all been been so great and a joy to watch. And then so then when you get to set and I, I imagine one of the first people you're working with is Keevan, who's playing Sam, your younger brother in the show. Yeah. How did you guys develop a bond? What was it like to work with him on set? Um, well, actually, the first day. So the first day that I met him, um, we ended up running around the production offices playing tag. So that kind of like just shows <laughs> you how quick and easy it was to connect with him. You know, he's such a great kid. He's so talented. And I'm not sure if you knew, but this was his first acting job ever. So for him to commit and lock in the way that he did, um, you know, hats off to him. Is Lamar as protective of Keevan as Henry is of Sam now? Yeah, no, absolutely. He's like my little brother. You know, he's like my <laughs> little brother. It's actually his birthday. Uh, it, it was his birthday Thursday. So, uh, yeah, happy birthday. Hey, wow. happy birthday. <laughs> I wonder, too, because, you know, I, I was also a fan of the game. And in the game, Sam is, I think he's 13, where in yeah. the show, he's eight years old. Did eight, that, yeah. do, you feel like, do you feel like that changed the dynamic between Henry and Sam at all? Um, well, yeah, you know, because obviously you just kind of grow a bit more of a protectiveness over him because he's so young. But I think also with the added uh, element of the sign language, I think it added a really nice layer of intimacy between him, him and I that also really allowed us to to connect even deeper. 
I would love to hear from you when you had to dive into like Henry's psyche and kind of understanding the things he's done. We yeah. hear the line about, you know, Sam had leukemia. The only way to get the cure to have hope for Sam to survive was to do something that got someone else killed. It makes yeah. me a bad guy. Yeah. He's a collaborator. And I feel like in this world of the last of us, one thing this show just keeps doing is showing how kind of everybody who has survived has had to live in some sort of gray moral area. Right. There's really no good guys or bad guys. There's pr- protagonists of their own stories. Henry did what he had to do. I'd love to hear for you. Like, what kind of thought, what do you think of Henry's decisions? What kind of mind space did you have to put yourself in to understand his decisions, what he thinks of himself? And what do you personally, what does Lamar think of what Henry had to do? Um. Well, you know, it's tough, you know, because the world that they live in is so harsh. Right. And um, I mean, Sam is 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 Henry's is purpose. You know, that's kind of his his will to live. You know, um, it's kind of I'm calling back on episode three that Bill said to, to, to Frank, you know, like you were my purpose, you know. Um, so that's what's kind of kept him kept him going. So it was kind of the, some, something similar with Henry and Sam, you know, with Sam, you know, he he wanted to do anything in his power and everything in his power to keep him safe, especially, you know, that he got sick with leukemia and, you know, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow. And if he was able to, and if he's able to get a cure for him, but if it meant giving, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough. And I can guarantee that it was a tough decision for Henry to make, but you know, if it, if it was to save his little brother and save the person that he loves the most in this world, um, yeah, you know, and I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, if Joel was met with that decision, I'm pretty sure he would have done the same if it was for, to save Sarah, you know, uh, because when Joel and I and Joel and Henry are having that conversation, you know, he even brings this up where he's like, hey, you know, if, if they're after you because you're trying to protect him, I guess I understand that, you know, and then I kind of revealed why. But obviously, Joel and Henry sort of connected in that moment because he understood where he was coming from and 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 where that decision came from um would i do the same i think so you know i mean it's thank it's a you tough, it's a tough thing you know it's, especially in a world like this some of your decisions and some of those moral choices are skewed a little bit because you know you have to survive it's it's you know endure and survive you know it's i mean that's really what you have to do in this world so um you have to make some tough decisions and you know that was one of henry's tough decisions that he had to make in order for him to to protect his brother and keep him safe i'm with you 100 i i've read so much discourse read so many comment sections from the last of us games from the show all this stuff and everybody who's like well you know maybe you shouldn't make this decision maybe sh-. it's like listen that's your loved one that's your purpose as you just yeah. said everybody yeah. talks it like they know they would just do the right thing for other people whereas you know if you are doing something to help another person at a cost, I'm not saying that it's it's necessarily the right decision, but oh, I understand but, the decision, and I do yes. feel like it would it's easier to do the thing that helps your loved ones. I don't yeah. know, man. It's tough. It's yeah, tough. no, it's tough. You know, I don't think Henry would be able to stomach the idea of you know Sam dying of leukemia. You know, especially mm-hmm. if there's a cure and something that he could do about it. You know, um, so yeah, I think he just tried. He just did everything in his power to make sure that you know he could uh, he could save him protect him yeah and then obviously like one of the lines he crosses is with kathleen who's a brand new character played by melanie linsky um i'm just curious what your experience was working with her and what what you thought of this kind of new character coming in um i loved it and i think what it did is it is it offered some backstory to henry and sam you know and um sort of 
why they're in this predicament. Um, and she, her performance was great. You know, working opposite of her um, was fantastic, um, especially in the scene where all the infected and, you know, in the, in the cul-de-sac, you know, um, that was a really great day to also just work with everyone and have everyone on set and sort of be able to feel that environment. Um, Melanie, she's, she's fantastic. I mean, uh, it was truly an honor to work with Melanie and like Pedro and, you know, just some, just some very, very talented, uh, talented artists. I actually want to talk about that scene with all the infected and the clickers. Cause that was insane. Yeah. How much of that was legit? Because there's a shot that's pretty clearly the three of you yeah. running with the truck, plowing through the cars right behind you. Yeah. And I was like, now, how, did they actually set that up? Was there a truck plowing through all the cars while you guys were? How legit was some of that? Uh, most of what you see was practical. Um, I think this set was the most, the most insane. The experience was crazy. Like, I'm telling you, there was probably about. I couldn't even really give a number, but there were so many stunt men, stunt women that were in full gear. There was also all of Kathleen's crew. All of them were there. You know, it, it everything was there. Even the they built this entire cul-de-sac on a parking lot, you know, built all those houses, put the trees in, put the grass in, all the cars they placed, they plowed through all the it, it this actually happened. You know, there were shots of, you know, I actually have a video on my phone. Um, of us doing that shot where the car is plowing and we're we're running away from from the truck. Yeah, no, it was um, it felt like we we're in an action movie. You know, it was <laughs> it was so much fun. What did the bloater look like? Um, just insane. Uh, <laughs> it just looked insane, massive, just very very large. Um, he had a whole bunch of different pieces. You know, um, the special effects and the makeup artists uh that were a part of the show are very 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 skilled and talented um you know uh and the art department as well you know just the entire art of the show is is really special you know they didn't they didn't skip any details you know especially even in the motel you can anywhere you look the walls the ceilings the carpet the the door handles the anything that you can think of in that room they did not spare any detail it was it was truly amazing and it helped me as an actor and as a performer welcome to jurassic park <laughs> I was say too, as like as someone who played the game, there has to be that moment too where you're like, oh, I'm just like in the I'm in the Last of Us. Like what a yes, I, yeah, it was it was like I was literally living in the Last of Us in real life. It was really that's special. unreal, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. What an experience. I know the bloaters have their own lore. Like it's like a clicker that has been a clicker for a long time. I like to think that's just basically what would happen. Like if the Big Show uh, from WWE got infected yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's running around. I would love to hear about working with Pedro, man. We're all fans of Pedro. He, this is like Pedro's moment. This dude's taking yeah. over the world right now. Yeah. As Joel, he's incredibly intense and incredibly yes. like forward and blunt and protective. Pedro seems like the complete opposite of that. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying he's not protective and, and intense, but I would love to hear when he flips that switch and he turns off, how big is the difference? What was it like to kind of share the set with, Pedro and then be sharing the set with Joel. Joel, yeah. That's interesting, you know. Um I mean Pedro, he's just like a kind funny person, you know. Um he's all he, he brings a lot of levity to set, which is quite ironic because Joel he's so like hardened and, you know, serious. Um so I guess that would be the biggest difference, you know. Joel, he's kind of he's very laid back, he's very reserved. Um and he tries not to show his emotions whereas for Pedro, um yeah, he's, he brings a lot of jokes and uh, a lot of levity to the set, which is great. Um, and it's needed, especially because we're working on material that is really heavy, you know. So you need some levity. You need some some things that will kind of make you smile and, you know, um, 
and kind of just let you know that okay, the work that we're doing is heavy, but also the 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 energy and the mood and is is still light. Yeah. One of my yeah. favorite, one of my like things I find very entertaining, I guess, is when I'm talking to somebody who hasn't played the game and they have no idea. So they're yeah. like, oh, they killed Sarah. Oh, now yeah. Tess. So yeah. is there anyone in your life that is like, they don't know what happens to Henry and Sam? And well, yeah, like, there's a lot of people actually for me that, you know, they they haven't played the video game. And, you know, a lot of people actually told me they're like, you know what? I don't want to play the video game. I actually want to watch the show and then I'll maybe play it after, you know, like they sort of want to experience what the show is um, and then jump back into the video game, you know, which is um, which is really special. And I'm really happy that the show has also, even though the show is very much the video game, it's also kind of taken on a life of its own because of some of the deviations and some of the the added uh, context behind some of these characters. And we really kind of dive in and and you really get to to learn more. Yeah. Well, one of the yeah. things you mentioned earlier that I want to bring up again is you talked about how you learned to sign uh, yeah. for this role because Sam is is deaf in the show. Yeah. Um, what was what was that experience like? And like, can you just expand on that a little more? What you kind of had to learn? Um. Well, I pretty much had to learn all of my scenes, but also uh, Kivan. He's deaf in real life, so in order for me to communicate with him, I also had to get an understanding of sign and the basic of and the basis of sign. Um, and I'm really grateful for HBO and The Last of Us uh, and the production because they really uh, set me up with a really great support system. So I had a director of ASL and I had interpreters there um, just to help me through the process. You know, if I wasn't on set, I was at home doing homework, learning my sign, learning learning the sign that I needed to to learn from my scenes and and sort of just practicing so that, you know, on an everyday when me and Kibon are hanging out, um, I can sort of be able to communicate with him and not have to rely on an interpreter, you know, and really um, show him that I'm making an effort to truly connect with him beyond just, you know, sort of having to play these roles. Yeah. So what was more difficult for you learning sign language and delivering it in a accurate uh, way to, to communicate in ASL or dealing with the, the elements and the, the temperatures on set, because I've heard from so many people how cold it got. It got really cold. It got very, very cold. Um, but you know, the cold is something that you can kind of, you know, endure, you can warm up. Right. But I think for me, I think, yeah, the hardest part was, was, was learning the sign, but being able to deliver it in a organic and natural way, because Henry would have been signing with Sam for years. So I also did not want it to feel as though I was just learning this. Um, so I really had to practice and practice so that it felt organic um because you know kivan he is uh, a part of the deaf community and also me playing henry i'm representing the same community um so i know that there's a responsibility um for on on my part to make sure that i'm doing the best that i absolutely can to uh to represent this community in a, in a truthful and honest way yeah i love that. I, I uh well you know we see a lot of Henry and Joel interacting and then a lot of Sam and Ellie, but they Ellie, don't yeah. really cross over with each other too much. Yeah. What do you think that Henry thought of Ellie? Um, I think he thinks she's cool. You know, I think, you know, she got, she got a bit of a spunk to her, you know, but I think ultimately um, the connection, I think the reason why you saw a lot of that is because our relationships, I would like to say are very much mirrored. So Henry and Joel are very much the same and 
Sam and Ellie are very much the same. And those relationships are quite mirrored. The reason why I say that is because, you know, I and Henry is Sam's sole protector, sole caregiver, the person that is sort of looking after him. Whereas for Joel, he's the same thing for Ellie. You know, he's kind of tasked to protect this girl and guide her throughout America to deliver her to this place. So that is also his job. So we both kind of had similar jobs. And I think that's the reason why we connected. Whereas for Ellie and Sam, I think there's still like this innocence about them that I think they connected with, you know? Um, you know, it's Ellie's first time even being out. And, you know, she's experiencing a lot of things for the first time, as I'm sure Sam is as well. You know, Sam has seen a lot. And I am and I think Henry tries to put a lot on his shoulders. You know, Henry didn't even tell him that we're out of food until the very last day. You know, mm -hmm. um, he really tries to keep Sam a kid and not have to worry about, you know, I mean, the, the harsh truths um, of our world. But as much as he can kind of keep him away from that is, is what he's going to try and do. And I feel like um, you really see that in Joel as well and kind of him saying to Ellie, I'm sorry that you have to, you know, it's, it's kind of share similar sentiments. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because you see Joel doing that a lot. But then Ellie's like, no, I've already killed people and yeah, connected, and I like I've already had a harsh right. experience. Right. Um, how do you think? Because we know I mean, we know from the game, this is a really pivotal mo moment in the story. How do you yeah. feel like Ellie and Joel meeting Henry and Sam affects them? Hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of I think it's kind of like what I had mentioned. Um, you know, I think they see themselves in us. So, you know, I think we 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 affect them in a, in a deep way. You know, I think for Ellie, um, I mean, it's just very traumatic what she obviously experiences with the ending. Um, but I think she found a friend, you know, she found someone that was kind of similar in age and someone that she can kind of connect with and read comic books with and kind of hang out with. Whereas for Joel, you know, he, I think he found someone that, you know, he can kind of relate to, you know, and sort of understand and know where my heart is and what ultimately drives me, you know? Um, and yeah, I think they just saw themselves in us. And yeah, I mean, we affect them in, in, in ways because we're no, we, we're no longer there. So I think for them, it kind of makes them reflect on their relationship and also the importance of them sticking together and, and being there for one another. Um, you know, I think, I think it could birth a, a lot of uh, really beautiful things. Yeah. yeah the, the, the parallels between Joel and Henry really are there. And at the end of the episode, man, this is, this is such a heavy ending. Yeah. Everything Henry's done to protect Sam all, I mean, even the things he has deemed himself the bad guy for yeah. ultimately amount to Sam got bit, he turned yeah. and then, Henry has to shoot Sam. So in that moment, I'd love to hear from you. I mean, you you got you got to spend the time in Henry's head. You know, what goes through Henry's head kind of can you walk us through kind of what you saw that as from the time that Sam comes out the door and attacks Ellie to the point that Henry has to put this infected version of Sam down and then himself, which is Yeah. It's it's one of the craziest things that's going to happen on TV this year. I th I cannot wait to talk to everybody online about what the reaction yeah. is, but I, I would love well, to hear from you. You know what was going through Henry's mind in the final moments yeah. of this episode. Um, I think ultimately, especially when and well, I think it's 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 a bit. So Henry goes to bed joyful with hope because Joel had just said, "Hey." What are you guys doing? I mean, we're going to Wyoming. Do you want to come? 
yeah, sure, it'd be great for for Sam to have a friend. You know, that there's hope and there's joy in that moment as I go to bed and then to wake up and see Ellie screaming, ha- Sam trying to, you know, I think it's, it's really just like confusion. I don't really know what's happening, but I kind of do. But I think for Henry, the first thing that he thought about once he realized what was happening was get Joel away because I know what, what, what Joel is capable of. Um, so I grabbed the gun and luckily he gets there first. Um, and it's really just trying to keep Joel back because I know that Joel is going to kill him. And I, like you just said, I've done so much to protect him and, and to, you know, to keep him safe that this moment that kind of just kicked in, you know, where it's like, okay, I'm even though Sam has turned and it's apparent that, you know, he's infected. I don't even know how he didn't even tell me, Ellie didn't tell me, but I kind of, you know, you kind of know. Um, there's still that sort of that that protector instinct that popped in and said no, you know. Um, and then I finally made the decision. Okay, I think I'm gonna have to do this because you know he might get Ellie. I don't think Henry is aware that she's immune or that she's been. You know, she's only told that to Sam. She didn't tell that to Henry. So I also don't know. So that's danger there. So not only is Sam infected, but he can also infect Ellie. And it just it was a split decision, and I had to shoot him. But as soon as I as soon as Henry shoots Sam, I would say it was just, I mean, there's a a wash of emotions that go over him. But I think ultimately, if I was going to say one word, um, just shock. He sh- He's shocked. As soon as he shoots him, he instantly regrets it and is in shock. Doesn't know. You know, he even asks, he says, what did I do? You know, what did I, he, he, he's just in shock. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like kind of what I said, but, and then the decision, I guess, you know, kill myself. Sam is, uh, Sam is Henry's, like what I said, Sam is Henry's will to live. He is his, his purpose. He would not be able to stomach living in this world. Um, as harsh it is, as it is, um, without Sam especially after all of his efforts, especially, you know, um, after all that they've both been through, um, losing both their parents and sort of just having one another. Um, it was just a tough thing for, for Henry to, to have to, uh, stomach, you know, he definitely would have been very depressed. He would have been, you know, would just would have been on his mind. It would have eaten him away, would have eaten him alive. So for him, I like to believe that Henry is a, is a God fearing man. And, and, you know, he saw that that Sam um, had passed and, you know, he wanted to join his brother. Wow. I feel like it's it's such interesting insight, too, and just like a decision that Joel will make down the line that we will get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. God. And it's like, also I, it, there's something interesting. It doesn't happen in the show, but it happens in the game where Henry's like, you did this or whatever. And yeah. I was always, I always interpreted it that he was blaming Joel and Ellie, but then I was reading an interview with Neil Druckmann. He was actually he's talking, talking, to, talking himself. to himself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's Ooh. a, it's a very sad scene. It's, um, you know, I mean, we, we shot that for, for, for quite some time, a couple hours, actually. I mean, it was, it was a, a long time that we, we, we covered that scene, but, um, you know, I'm really grateful uh, for the opportunity, really, you know, and to be able to sort of step into that space and um, interpret it um, in my own way. You know, I did it also. I also didn't want to create a carbon copy from the game. Um, I did want to honor his performance because it was 
beautiful and it affected me when I played the game. But I did want to sort of add my own um my own self and my own instincts to that to that scene as well and and um you know just allowed myself to just be present and um react to the environment that was provided for me you know they did such an amazing job with just providing everything even seeing Kivon and they had all the prostate I, you know I, I visually I saw everything so all I had to do was just react to it and and just be present in that moment God, incredible, incredible performance. And this show keeps me in a perpetual state of grief. Um, <laughs> what is next for you after The Last of Us? What else are you working on? Uh, well, I actually have a, a film called uh, Brother coming out in theaters March 17th across Canada. And it will be coming out in theaters in the U.S. Uh, sometime after. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, it is a, a passion project of mine because it is uh, based and set in uh, Scarborough, which is where I was, I was born and raised here in Toronto. So I'm very, very grateful for that opportunity, and um, I'm excited for people to to see it. That's awesome, man, brother. After 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 what happened between two brothers in in this yeah, episode, yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess I'm uh, <laughs> I am I'm everyone's favorite brother. I guess. <laughs> Good for you. Now, I, I, before we let you go, I do want to ask if you could geek out with us for a second because I know there's comic books in uh, in this episode that Ellie and Sam are reading. Are you a geek at all? Gabriel Luna told us Star Wars is the is the franchise he really wants to join that he loves because Pedro's over there and he yeah. already has a character in mind. Yeah. When, when movies or shows are coming out, is there anything you race to see and then you're like, man, be fun to be a part of that one. Um, you know what I'll say? Um, I really love, um, the most recent Spider-Man with, uh, Tom Holland and, and all the other Spider-Mans who have played, uh, and Tobey Maguire, uh, Andrew Garfield. Uh, that was a really fun, uh, movie. And I would love to maybe even, you know, play Miles Morales or, or something like that in that universe. I think that would be amazing. Dude, we're about to sound the horn for you if we can. Yeah, yeah my could, dog is no, named Miles be, after that'd Miles. That would be so Miles. much fun. That would be so much fun. Yeah, Ash has, a, Ash has a dog that she brought out to my birthday lunch in a Miles Morales hoodie, and the dog's name is Miles. It's all... <laughs> oh, I love that. I love hey. that. I love well, that. Lamar, it's an absolute pleasure to speak with you, dude. Great choice. I love Miles Morales. What a fantastic character. Uh, amazing work as Henry, dude. This is my favorite episode of the entire series, wow. and that's hugely in part due to your work, man. So wow. Thank you so thank much. You for I really that. appreciate it. Of course, of course. And uh, everybody, we'll be right back on The Last of Pods in just a minute. We're going to talk future spoilers based on the game. Nothing from the show, only from the game. So if you don't want to go into episode six and beyond knowing what's coming from the games, this is your pause point. This is join us next week. If you want to follow Lamar, go look him up on social media. He's got an Instagram. Are you on Twitter, Lamar? I am on Twitter. Yeah, Lamar Johnson with two N's at the end. Okay. All right. I knew I saw you on Instagram. I haven't found you on Twitter yet, but everybody, I encourage you to go follow Lamar, go check out brother when you can in Canada, when it comes to the U S and uh, got four more episodes of the last of us to talk about Lamar. Hopefully we get to talk to you again, dude. Yes, absolutely. Welcome back to the last of pods, everybody. Lamar was so fantastic. That was Honestly, we're getting better at interviewing, I think, as we go as a pair. But yep. also, our guests are just phenomenal. He was oh, so cool. Honestly, hearing him walk through that ending almost made me as emotional. If not, maybe not, maybe a little bit even more yeah. as, that I was watching the show. I, I agree. And by the way, so what we're about to get into the spoilery section of what happens based on the game, not the show. 
But if you don't want to know what's coming up in the game next, because obviously it's gut punch after gut punch after gut punch, just go away. This is your pause point. Um, But one thing I did want to mention that we were talking to Lamar a little bit about, and I was like, oh, I'll put a pin in this for a minute, is when he was talking about everything that was going through Henry's mind when he killed Sam and then turned the gun on himself saying, I have, this was my only reason to live. And without him, I don't want to be here anymore. And I feel like jumping way ahead to the end of the game, it's such good insight into what Joel is feeling and thinking through that whole hospital sequence where he's like, this is my only reason to be here. I have to make a very selfish choice. Yeah, so I'll, I'll finally just lay this out pretty clearly. If you haven't played the game and you somehow have dodged the spoilers, I'm about to lay out how the first game ends. So when we said this is a spoiler section, we weren't kidding. Uh, so that I feel like that was ample warning to pause the show if you don't want to hear this. But the game when the game ends, Ellie is taken into a hospital in Salt Lake City with the Fireflies, with doctors, very capable doctors, it seems. And Joel is knocked out <laughs> because they're just kind of these two people. They're not sure who they are. So ultimately, when Joel wakes up, they have Ellie on an operating table and Joel is informed that the only way to try to get a cure for this or a vaccine for this fungus, this virus, whatever, I don't know how this outbreak is to take it out of Ellie's brain, which means to kill Ellie. Joel says, hell no. He goes full John Wick on the whole hospital. He kills the doctors. He kills the nurses. He kills the guards. He kills everybody in sight and then carries an unconscious Ellie out and he lies to her and says there was nothing they could do. The the hospital got raided. Everybody was killed. And she's just like, do you swear? He says, I swear. And that's, that's literally the end of the game. So this episode really emphasizes how Ellie wants that to wants to be the cure seemingly to the point that if you asked her, I think she might say I would die to save the world. Granted, there was no guarantee she would save the world. There was a chance. And Joel takes that choice chance away because this girl who he has grown to love as an adopted daughter has kind of essentially become the the closest thing to filling a void, which I think can never actually be filled for his daughter, Sarah, who he loses at the beginning of this story. He chooses to save her life. And he does that, I think, for both of them, but a lot for himself because he can't lose this again. Very interesting that Henry experienced something right there. We saw the outcome of losing that. Yeah. Right there in this episode. Yeah. Whew. I'm by the way, I'm I understand Joel's decision and I think in that position, I'm not saying I'm gonna go kill a whole bunch of people to save somebody I love. But if you it's don't the apocalypse have to kill everybody, but I think when you and I played the game, we killed everybody. I'm telling you right now, if it's the apocalypse and I walk into that operating table and my daughter is on the table, I don't even have a daughter. If it was my dog, I'd be furious and pretty willing to go john wick i mean that's literally what john wick did if it's my human offspring i don't know i i understand why i think a lot of parents will understand why joel does what he does and why henry felt like he had no purpose left yeah um i've talked to so many people that weren't parents when they played the game and that are parents now that the show's out they're like it hits so differently i am not i believe that i believe that (laughs) my Um, goodness yeah, what so what's next? We have a, I think it's like a small time jump in the game. It's like yeah. all of a sudden it's a new season. Um, mm-hmm. and then we are going to reunite with Tommy, I believe. Yeah. After Henry and Sam die, it just cuts to fall. It just says fall. And they're pretty much right outside of uh the facility where Tommy is holed up. 
Yeah. Um, and they're not expecting to run into him there. There's more, there's a little bit more uh, crossing dams and, you know, Ellie on some, uh, what are those things called? Those, those pallets where she can't oh, swim. Yeah. And then you end up being greeted by Tommy at a big gate and he's engaged. Uh, they're trying to restore electricity for their camp, which is not far away from this facility where they're at trying to mess with the electricity. Um, Joel declares that Ellie will be in better hands if she finishes this journey with Tommy because he's not really, he's he's a little too old and beat up for this and Tommy's in better shape than him. So he thinks that she should finish the journey with Tommy, tries to kind of, I think, detach himself even further. I think that's what's really happening there in the game. Um, and yeah, that's that's the immediate future. There's There's a bunch of raids on this kind of camp that Tommy lives at, like these outsiders trying to get in. They try to raid it and take what they have and you end up participating in the defense from one of the raids. Uh, and yeah, so some pretty... If if they follow the game, cool stuff coming. Cool stuff coming. Cool stuff coming. Whew. I'm just happy we're going to see Tommy again. I know. Gabriel. Gabriel Luna. What an absolute love. I'm also, well, you know, but I don't know who Troy Baker is playing in the show. And I know he's playing like a bad guy. And I'm assuming it's like one of the cannibals or something. But I cannot wait to see that. I have no comment. I, I know. Don't tell nothing. me. I will say zero. Don't tell me. Out of respect for the goat, Troy Baker. Ah, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, this was an awesome episode. Honestly, can't thank Lamar. Lamar was phenomenal to talk to. I could hang out with that dude for for the whole weekend. I, I wish I could watch the Super Bowl with Lamar and just be chilling because he seemed like a cool dude. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, um, also, sorry about my eye, everybody. Sense. If you're watching this, I know I'm unsettling to look at. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the eye. Hopefully, by next week, you're all healed up and uh, and uh, the eye is the eye is not. I didn't even notice it when we were on Zoom until you said it, but. I hope it heals up for you and everything. But wait, but when when I when we were at the Ant Man premiere, I didn't tell you this. I don't think I went up to Kevin Feige and said hello because I moderate Hall H name drop. Um, and he took Kevin ten steps you? back like Austin Powers seeing a mole. He literally goes, "What happened to your eye?" <laughs> that's just concern. Kevin Feige's a class act. He's a, <laughs> that's just like, he. No, I was like, no, don't know, look at it, don't look at it. <laughs> you know what that means? That means Kevin Feige knows you well enough to know that the red spot in your eye is not usually there. That's true. That's that true. that just goes to show how the, the relationship you and Feige have. That's friends. There it is. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for another great episode of The Last of Pods. If you're watching us on the comicbook.com YouTube channel, please hit the thumbs up and subscribe. If you're listening to us on a podcast platform, leave us a five-star review. If you drop a question in there, we'll go read them and try to get them answered for you. And please share us with your friends. We've been uh, increasing in ratings week after week, as The Last of Us has as well. It's skyrocketing in viewers. I think it's because everybody's talking about it. And the two of us are talking about it. So it's the best place to come listen and have fun. Uh, Ash, thank you for another great episode. Uh, John, Aaron, and Richard in the control room. Thank you for a great episode. And everybody who's listening, we will see you next week. The next episode will release on Sunday with The Last of Us. This one dropped on Friday because of the Super Bowl. So yes. hope you have a great weekend and we will see you there. Bye, y'all. Bye.